Today's Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. LL Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. The Athletic and DraftKings. On today's show, the Sixers lose to the Rockets in just about the most predictable way in the history of NBA basketball. We will talk about whether it's okay to be upset that they lost yet. And maybe if we can be upset at Brett Brown, because apparently everybody is. And of course, we will talk about the ugly, ugly, ugly Markel Fultz situation. And uh, Mike, is it okay if I do a quick charity plug here that I have here? Charity plug. Charity plug. So for the last few years, I've done a thing called the Polar Plunge for the Special Olympics of uh, Philadelphia. And what I do is December 1st, this year it's December 1st at 5 o'clock, on top of one of the buildings at Drexel University, they put a pool where it is freezing cold. I raise money and I jump in the pool, as many people do. So you have two choices. You can either donate or you can jump with me. I already have four trusters of the process jumping along with me. I would love for you to jump with me and raise money as well. Daryl Morey. The uh, the general manager of the Houston Rockets or president or whatever his title is donated $250, so you have no excuse but to donate or jump. Just go to this post on rightstorickysanchez.com to find out how. I think it's a disgrace that my team isn't the most hasn't raised the most money of anybody, so I would love to raise the most money of anybody in Pennsylvania. So there you go. Um, without further ado, here's the podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Rice of Sanchez. My name is Spike Eskin, along with a boy who is birthday boy today. That is... <laughs> along with a boy. <laughs> Mike Levin. Happy birthday, birthday boy. Thanks, pal. Very excited, very excited. As we said on the radio last night, I think you're sneaking up on Jake Bavorsky as far yeah. as age goes. You're right behind him. Yeah, I got a beat on him. Yeah. <laughs> One day. Perhaps, I don't know why I think that's so funny, but I think it's so funny. All right. We got we to gotta start. We'll get to the Fultz thing eventually, obviously. But we got to talk about last night's game. Uh, I think maybe we're numb. Or maybe, you know, those of us who have been you, around. You and, I, you and I? Yes. At least. Okay. Uh, well, I don't know how you felt about last night's game. But I have a hard time getting... In the moment, I'm bummed when they lose, but I have a hard time like raising any ire or getting mad at anyone for it. It goes away right away, and maybe that is the product of four years of extreme losing. But last night, you know, we both said before the game they would have a lead in the fourth quarter and then lose. I think, mm -hmm. you know, I think with six minutes left in the game, I tweeted, get ready for the moral victory or something like that. And even up eight with two minutes left, I don't know. I was pretty sure they were going to lose, so I'm having a hard time getting mad. I guess my question is, how did you feel? And then the second question is, will we know when it's time to be upset when they're when they lose? Like literally upset. What is that? Because I don't feel it yet. Well, I was mad. 
I was I was pretty mad after the Raptors game, during and after the Raptors game. That right. was just a disappointing, like embarrassing thing. But that wasn't at um, a loss. It was at like the effort and how they played. It was less about them losing at all. But but yeah, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I so I couldn't watch the game live, uh, so I watched knowing that they lost, and I tried to not know that they lost, but too many people text me saying like fucking bullshit or right. or the assholes wasn't a goaltend i had like i i without like seeing the game i had like a pretty vague idea of what uh what happened just via curse word via text yeah um, when i text you that was so sixers it's usually not they pulled it out at the end <laughs> you know like i well your text i was like they could have won in like a very or they tried to cough it up i was like right. i wasn't sure if they lost yet okay right. and then uh 17 people <laughs> made it pretty clear um, but, uh, so I think the fact that I, uh, the fact that I watched it on delay with, with knowing it was going to end, it was like pretty, di- it's pretty disappointing just because like they looked good and like they extend the lead and every shot in the fourth quarter, I was like, Oh, if that went in, they win the game. Like not even knowing what happened. I was like, if that went in, they win the game or like waiting for like the dagger of like a you know a bad offensive rebound kick out to Eric Gordon like bang like it's just very it's a uh, it's a, a slow march to pain but yeah. it's also I think a little bit I mean I wasn't as frustrated because I knew that they lost so the the right. that was taken that was taken out a little bit but um, when are we gonna know when it's time to like be for real mad um, yeah I, I sort of thought of the quote it's funny uh, I. I, I at least my resolution on this is we all know Hinky's quote, we'll know, we'll all know about <laughs> when, you know, when it's time to go for it or whatever. I think it's sort of when the we, same when we thing. Have the guy, when we have the guy. Yeah. So I, to me, for me, it's the same thing. I, I do think that it's fair to say that I'm a little, meh, whatever, uh, because of how the last four years have gone. It, that, it did hurt last night when the Gordon shot went in. I, I didn't want them to win, but I, I have a hard time, and I have some. We'll get into the Brett Brown stuff because there's a, a couple of things that I think were that you can pick on with this, with everybody, with Embiid and Brown and everybody. But I have a hard time saying they're to blame. They got to be better. I'm not. I'm not there yet. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the answer to when when are we when will we know to be mad? I think it's probably later this year because um, I I think that. Difficult schedule, uh, a lot of new pieces, a lot of rookies. Um, just things will, things take time. I've said that on this podcast. I said on the radio, and I think that it'll, it'll, it's going to be things like this where they look good and then lose moral victories. Uh, and and so I think if they don't have their shit together by you know January February, then it's like okay, I'm. I'm 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 allowed to be like perennially frustrated, but like last night, it's like any of those shots could have gone. I mean, there's a million things you can pick on. Some some is luck, some is bullshit, um, some is just like very correctable. But I think it's I, I'm if maybe if I watched the game live and saw the collapse in real time, then I then I would feel differently. But that to me felt like you know. A Sixers game. You you understand the inherent comedy in us continuing to say you have to be patient. They're not ready yet. Like we're almost. I, I'm sure we became a parody of ourselves 
years ago. But at this oh, point, yeah. you know. We started off. Yeah, as a parody. <laughs> uh, all right. So before before we break down each and every one, this week's iTunes five-star review. Actually, I'm going to change that to Apple Podcasts because I, I would assume almost everybody uses Apple Podcasts, that app on their phone, rather than <clears throat> iTunes. So we are on our way, we're on our way to 2,000 five-star ratings. We would love your five-star rating to get to 2,000. We are currently at 1,159. Here is this week's review. Subject line is, wow, yes, good. He says, I'm not even a Sixers fan, and I haven't missed an episode since the 2015 draft. It's somehow equal parts ridiculous and essential. I like it. There we go. So that's this week's review. Remember, you can get your review read by writing one and leaving a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. So what do you do? You want to start with here are the two things I had as top story. I, I think had, we start with the goal t- the the goaltending call. I think oh that's, really? Seems Which, like, I feel like that's the like, that's the that's like the the takeaway from the game. Uh, officiating is never on my list. Yeah, but just like, just not not officiating in general. Just that yeah. one call. It's a bad what did you call. think? About well, I thought it was a fifty fifty call. I thought it was right. I think whatever they called it was the right call. Sometimes judging whether a whether a ball is at its arc, whether it hit the backboard, whether like sometimes it can hit the backboard simultaneously as when the well, guy it definitely hits didn't it. Hit the, it definitely didn't hit the backboard. Well, sure it did. It it it, it might have hit the backboard after it hit Embiid's hand, but it oh yeah, hit but the it backboard. definitely it definitely didn't hit the backboard. I was I meant that it didn't hit the backboard before no, Embiid blocked. I'm, I'm he saying, got there first. I'm saying there are a lot of there are a lot of there are a lot of maybes with goaltending. It did not strike me. I thought not calling. When when Harden mugged Embiid on the final play, I thought that was a more egregious non-call than calling this a goaltend. It 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 did not shock me that they called it a goaltend. I thought it was fine, honestly. I know people are mad about it, but it it seemed fine to me. Yeah, when, it could have gone know, either way. Yeah, I'm not that I'm not that mad. I I expected worse via the the text that I got. I, okay. I do think it. I do think it might have. I can see how they think it was going down. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to tell. You know? Yeah, but yeah. I mean, just the last the last three minutes of the game. It's frustrating because they played so well over the course of the game, and in the last three minutes, it was just like after that they took that Covington took that three, which was terrible. That, with like with like nineteen seconds left in the shot clock, the, the, and that and was were, a bad. I love Covington, but the three followed by his his lazy reach and foul. Um, on yeah. the very next, you know, on the defensive possession, it was not a great Covington. You know, Simmons. I think I think that was an intentional, intentional reach in because Simmons wasn't back on defense. Okay. Um. But, but yeah, I think the, the they took so they took the bad three, and then the it seemed like Brett was like, "You got to take time," and then they took time and just never got anything going to the basket, the rest of the game, and it was just like. How long can we kneel on it before we lose? And uh, it turned out to be just the right amount of time. Yeah. Well, the the problem the problem with the team now in crunch time, and actually, it's not entirely different than the problem in crunch time over the last several years. It's just that the players are better at this point. Is that when you're look in the NBA, teams don't play much defense, and especially a team like Houston, until the last five minutes of the game when they have to play. And when your best offensive player is a post player, the way the NBA defense rules are now, you can essentially make it 
almost impossible for the post player to get the ball deep at least you know like people were complaining that Embiid didn't get the ball enough or that it was tough for him or you know he turned it over when he was down there well the the defense can collapse on him completely in the NBA so it makes it tough and then the other problem is when your other best player can't shoot um like when your primary creator can't shoot and won't shoot really it makes everything harder and I I'm not entirely shocked that they couldn't create anything. Reddick's not a creator. Bayless is not a creator. Um, Bayless you know, is ostensibly able to get his own shot. That is, that is what he's here for. Yeah, but he wasn't like he, he can get his own shot when it's a three. I, I don't know. He's, he doesn't get to the basket very often. Um, he's a. I mean, that's he, he's a guy that like that is he's like you know Lou Williamsy. That is that is the role that he is here for. Except just not nearly as good as Lou Williams is at doing that. I don't think. No. Uh, no. The the you know that's the the issue. Uh, you know Redick mess I I think the the and we can sort of transition transition this into the Brett Brown stuff but um I and I'm I'm not just trying to be a TJ guy and we'll talk about how good TJ was last night but I really think in the last 2 minutes of the game certainly in the final play but you know, he, he can get the offense moving, you know, some guy other than Simmons to get the offense moving, and he can play better defense than Bayless can. And I just, I would have had the way he was playing last night. He looked like coked up or something. I mean, I, he looked insane. He looked, he looked out of his mind. He looked like he had roid rage or, I mean, he was crazy. I mean this all very positively. I really think McConnell should have been in there in the last two minutes, especially you know after the game. Embiid said he was the best player on the floor. Uh, Brett Brown couldn't say enough things, great things about him, about what a winner he is and what a great player he is. I, I I'm, I'm sort of confused. I think Brett is leaning on the vet stuff a little too hard, and I, I would mu- would have much rather had TJ in the game the last two minutes of the game than than Bayless. I don't know if they win it, but I would have rather. I think they had a better shot to win it with TJ than Bayless. Absolutely. Uh, there's no justifiable, justifiable excuse for a solely defensive play to have Bayless in there instead of McConnell. Or, by the way, to have or Redick. I mean, even Redick. Redick's. Yeah, he's. I like you can't. You just can't have Bayless and Redick on the court at the same time uh, in de- in defense in priority defense situations. You can't do it. Like one of them. Fine. I, mean, I think Redick is the better defender out of the two, uh, but. You can't. You can't have both. There's no reason to have both. They're both weak, weakish defender. JJ's fine, but you gotta have TJ in there. What? I mean, have put Justin Anderson in there. Like, get long people to be able to contest shots. I mean, it didn't end up being. It wasn't like the last defensive possession was Bayless's fault. No, no, no. But of course not. TJ had six steals on the night. Like, he's pesky. He's gonna get his hands on some balls. Get. Get him in there. There's no. I mean, I'm not a. I don't think. Look, you can blame the team for how poorly they've played, or they played in the last three minutes, and you know, after that Covington shot, not getting any decent looks at the rim. I mean, JJ's shot was good, and it just missed. But uh, certainly, like taking their foot off the gas. It's. I mean, it's a tough line to walk, and that's that's what young teams have a tough time doing. Of like, okay, we're supposed to take time, but. Also, we have to get good shots, and that's that's a hard thing, especially when you have a rookie point guard. It's a hard thing to get, wrap your head around, and that'll come with time <laughs> if we're patient. Uh, but the, the, my 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 bigger thing was uh, specifically on that last play, even though it didn't, it, it might not have, you know, who knows what would happen. But playing Bayless and Redick for defense at the end is 
I, I just don't see the rationale there. I think it's sort of borderline. It's almost I don't inexcusable. I I can't think of a, a reason, a good reason to do that. It does. It does. I mean, if he thought they got like a quick bucket and he didn't, maybe, I don't even maybe he didn't have a timeout or he couldn't sub out in case there was an offensive play, get a quick bucket afterwards. I I don't know, but I there's no reason to have not have TJ and maybe Justin Anderson in there. Yeah, and I'm definitely TJ gave. I would say he played Harden as tough as I've ever seen anybody play Harden, and he was relentless. And now maybe, Harden hated playing against TJ. Yes, you, you see them jawing a little bit. Uh, well, TJ was jawing with everyone last night. He was jawing with the refs. He was jawing with his own players, uh, and he was jawing with Harden. Um, he he is ostensibly the complete opposite of Harden. He is like he's as opposite of Harden as one player could be. His. Um, like he was, he was f- full TJ last night, and I, I can't think of a reason why he should. Unless here's the only thing: he played a really long stretch, the third quarter into the fourth. Maybe he was gassed, but I don't think TJ McConnell's ever been gassed. I can't imagine, <laughs> right? I, I can't, can you imagine if Brett Brown tells him to go in and he goes, no. "Nah, I just don't have it, Coach." I, <laughs> no, no, TJ doesn't get gassed. Yeah, he's got so, fresh legs. Uh, and you know, I. I the only other Brett stuff is that it 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 would uh, I I see I don't know I, I guess I'm hedging a little bit on it the because Reddick did have one open shot and one shot that he should have hit is that it seems one like, one very open shot that he yes. thought was in he, you could tell how mad at himself he was for missing it yeah I, so there's that if that goes in it's a different story but it does seem like one constant is at the end of games we can pick out a couple of times where they did run something great but it a lot of times at the end of games it seems like they don't know what they're doing on offense and maybe they don't have the pieces to get it done when everything tightens up but that it does seem like a theme um maybe yeah but that's i think that's a theme around the league i think that's every every young team you know the sixers are, are supposed to be better this year and they are and they will be um but houston has some good defenders and they tightened up a little bit. I mean, I according to this box score, Joel Embiid had three turnovers, and it felt like eight. Yeah, he had he had he had more than three turnovers. I don't even care what the box score says. There's no way he only had three turnovers. Yeah, he in the same way that you know, Okafor needs to be able to give up the ball quickly when he sees the double team coming, and not just like play one on one in the post because there's just not enough room. He's got to be able to kick it out quicker, and and not just struggle to fight through i mean like because it's tough because you want him to when he settles for a jump shot you're like okay i mean you can hit that shot all day but like you'd like him you'd like him to go in there and and sort of exert his will but when he does that a lot of time he it's not a smooth he's like sort of barreling his way in there and there's a double team and also he gets he falls down there was one weird play, like Ryan Anderson just like locked his arm and like sort of didn't play defense. He sort of like died on the court and like fouled him because he was like in his way, but the refs didn't call anything. It was a very that happened twice actually. Ryan Anderson and James Harden both at, at points during the game, like stood still like in the in like a, the Sixers way and like sort of like gave up, but it was a foul because they were like there, but they didn't call it. And the game kind of just stopped for it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you remember those plays? I'm tr- I think the the Ryan Anderson play was on Embiid, as you're talking about, yes. right? Yeah, I remember that one specifically. Yeah, I think the Harden one was on Redick. I, I think 
you know, one of the criticisms of Embiid is he had Anderson on him a couple of times, and it looked like he either rushed it or or didn't. I I, I don't know. It, like he should systematically destroy Ryan Anderson every time he has the ball, yeah. and it, it didn't yeah. seem like he he doesn't he need. Things need to slow down, I think, a little bit for Embiid, for him to recognize things like that. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's his, last name was what, his 35th game? Yes. That's a milestone. Keep count, still in the 30s. Keep counting. I think, I, I think I'm going to vow to know every, how, how many games he's Embiid played? Yeah. has played forever. I will always know what game it is. Hey, this is his 731st game. Before we talk about, I want to get into TJ, TJ's game last night. But before we talk about TJ McConnell, why don't we talk about our sponsor, DraftKings. DraftKings. There you go. You always repeat DraftKings afterwards. So basketball season is upon us. And for us basketball fans, it means that there is now fantasy for us too. You know, everybody with their fantasy football, fantasy football, fantasy football. But you watch a lot of basketball. You can put your basketball knowledge to the test with one day fantasy basketball at DraftKings.com. You can be if part you had, If you had TJ last night, you'd probably win that league. Right. Yeah. You know, and he, TJ probably would have been cheap. I mean, and that's how it Very works. Cheap. That's how it works on DraftKings. Here's the thing: the great thing about uh, the one day fantasy basketball is, first of all, if you uh, don't like your year long team, you can draft a new team every night with DraftKings. That's one of the great things. But one of the better things is you can sort of, if you know little things about teams, like oh, this team can't guard a point guard, or this team plays fast, or you know, or uh, or or Markel Fultz is out, and TJ is going to get a lot of minutes. Yeah. Yes, or TJ's got a lot of minutes. You can have an advantage in one-day fantasy. You can have you can get a guy that's a little cheaper than he normally should. Look, with DraftKings, there are a lot of ways to play. You can play public contests with big cash prizes, or you can play private contests where you can take advantage of your friends. They have beginner mm-hmm. contests like for you, or expert contests like for me. Um, mm. they have, <laughs> they have, and it's who's it's, in first? Who's in first place in the in the full time league? Currently? Well, we're both one and zero. I mean, let's let's be honest. We're both one. No, nope, that's not how it works. Yeah, it is how it works. So, nope. here's how it works on DraftKings. You, it's very simple. They give you a salary cap, fifty thousand dollars salary cap. You take eight players. You get points for scoring, assists, blocks, rebounds, more. And like I said, best part is you're not stuck with your team the whole year. Every day that there's NBA games, you can. Uh, draft a new team. There's no better way to turn your love of basketball into cash tonight. I've even won money on DraftKings. I've lost money on DraftKings, if we're being honest, but I've won money too. <laughs> you to can Dra- overpay for Tyler Johnson every night. Every night, yeah. Once. Go to DraftKings.com now. Use the code RTRS to play for free with your first deposit for your share of $10,000 in total prizes tonight. That is code RTRS to play for free with your first deposit only at DraftKings. The game inside the game minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. I nailed the disclaimer. Yes, I always stumble over the disclaimer. Um, last night, would you? Also, an- an- another MB thing. Yeah. Like, this is the most boring thing to say ever. Mm-hmm. I'm fall- I'm turning off the podcast as I'm saying it, but, like, he's really sloppy with his passes. Yes. Like, just, like, kind of casually. And it's, like, bit us a little bit, but it's going to keep happening in, like, in, like, little nicks. And just make it make a crisp pass. Look where you're passing it sometimes. He sort of just sort of, like, throws it off, and he's like, it'll be fine. 
he's is, he's very casual about everything that he's he is at the same time very aggressive and very casual he's not he's not precise i guess i would say i think one of the things he has to learn is you know last year he was the entire team he's not mm-hmm. the entire team this year so you know it, you don't have to do everything and sometimes playing within yourself a little bit and not um and and thinking a little more before you do things and that 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 comes with you know um i think that helps with turnover i think both things help with turnovers you know being a little more conscious of where you're passing the ball who you're passing it to and what's going on with the offense maybe not trying to do so much i think all of those things would happen you know he gets a free pass from us pretty regularly and i think he will continue to be, but but except you know, for you but the yeah well the more he plays and the more that we forget about the injury stuff and oh my god it's so nice to have him the more we can just sort of start to look to look at his game like we look at everybody else's game and the 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 turnovers are a problem i think uh facing up too much is an issue and uh i think he he should work on those things you know i will never forget about the injury stuff <laughs> It well, will never be. I mean, he, it will never be out of the out of my mind. He said last night. Um, I don't know who asked him about people sort of holding their breath when he falls down, but his reaction was, "They should stop. I'm not made of glass." And I thought to myself, like, well, not glass, but you know, a material <laughs> sort of like glass. I don't know. Yeah, like weak weak tissue. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we can, also, another NBA uh, thing is that okay. he, he could catch. It. He could stand to catch it lower. I think you mentioned it before, but he could stand like. He's got to fight for position, so yep. he's not, you know, facing up from 19 feet out. Yeah, like I, I you, agree. you want him to play a little more back to the basket. Like that's got to happen, like six or seven feet, so he can do a little spin or whatever. But <laughs> well, he's, it was, he's got strong enough to fight for position. He's just got he can't let them push him out that far. To to Brett Brown's point, that's that's not easy. It takes a lot of fighting. It's honestly is one of Okafer's issues. Not to compare the two, but totally. Okafer gets the ball 17 feet out when you want him to have it. 12 feet out and I think you know I, I the worst thing I saw from Embiid last night and I like that he's competitive but I would say the worst thing and he was good last night I'm not he was very good but uh the Tariq Black thing was just like yeah. you know he blocked you uh, and I'm I'm okay with you going at him one time and turning it over but then the next time down the floor you got to forget about Tariq Black. Like this is not you versus Tariq Black. This is a game that against a really good team that um, that you have a chance of winning, and you should maybe put the the personal battle with the backup center from the Rockets on hold, you know, and and do the right thing for the team. And I don't think he was doing this, that at that point. Well, I I think he was like I'm going to go get mine, which is would help the team. It's not like he it did happen like ten consecutive possessions. It was just a you know he has a tough time. Against, uh, I mean, it's, sometimes I just have a tough time because he doesn't have he doesn't have like an arsenal of like dribble drive moves yet, and yeah. so when he's when he's facing up from you know fifteen ish feet out, like he has a limited amount of things he can do because he's not. I mean, he's incredibly quick for his size, but his moves with the with the ball in his hands take a while to develop. But he also played really well. And uh, the Sixers, I think, defensively as a whole, looked really good last night. I well, would say against a really, really tough Rockets offense, they looked incredibly good on D. And honestly, the the thing with Tariq Black, I wouldn't even mind if he was trying to bully him. But one of them was like a he tried to yeah. dribble past him like he was Tim Hardaway or something. Like you know, um, I don't, we, that's we two don't do that's that. two consecutive Tim Hardaway references on the podcast for you. I love Tim Hardaway, the original one. Yeah. Very, very uh, relevant still. 
well, I I don't know. I, I'm 40 years old, 41. Grew up watching what? Tim Hardaway. I, don't know. I okay. like Tim Hardaway. Let's see if you can make it three next time. I'm not. Uh, Covington. Covington. Well, TJ or Covington? What are we doing first? We didn't even do TJ. Can we? I mean, he looked. I mean, TJ looked incredible. Like he was it, I played think it, fine. He's a perfect was, teammate. I think it was his best. His best game as a Sixer, actually. I, I think like that was the best I've seen him play. One of them, yeah. One of them. He. Yeah. he I, I was getting incredible. calls on Twitter during the game for him to. This would be the game. I think a couple of people were like, "Can't he just slap the hardwood once for us?" Oh, I saw that. I saw those. Yeah. Yes, that would be amazing if he did it. I mean, here's the thing: is we're in his head. Yeah. We're never not be in his head. Anytime he thinks like this is a hyped up moment, here's the hardwood's right in front of me. Yeah. I may as well. I mean, I think he's he will do it maybe one time, uh, and he will do it for us and for the listeners of this podcast yeah we ha- we're in his head in a good way not in his head yeah. in a bad way in his head no, in a no. good way yeah he i the play think where, the play where he he had like half of his steals were on inbounds passes yeah the amir johnson thing was the greatest thing i've ever seen it was the most oh my god it was the most teammate move ever so because first of all amir amir had a great play except for just missing that dunk missing because he dunk. just like yeah is not is not 23 anymore but it was a great play on both ends and then TJ steals the ball on the on the uh, on the outlet and just gives it right back to Amir and Amir dunks it. Like TJ was so hyped, Amir was so happy. Like it was like a, the it was the most teammatey moment I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, he gave up his own points to get. I'm convinced that he stole that ball for Amir Johnson to get. Dunk. <laughs> yeah. that, that was what I was convinced of. And he was, Amir had a couple. Amir had a couple nice plays last night. Three blocks. Had a couple big blocks. Yeah, he was he was feisty too. He was gritty. There was there was some. Yeah gritty you know he's fighting on the floor for balls I, I thought yeah I was it was a good Amir game last night I thought yeah I think that was I definitely think that was my favorite TJ performance of uh, of of his career uh, he is he is literally the greatest he is the greatest um, Covington what do you got on him I mean he's just so good I thought it was his he's best just, defensive game of the year I thought I think so too. I think so yeah. too he just he just bothers Harden I mean obviously no one's gonna think Harden had a bad game he had 27 points, 13 assists. Like, but he turned the ball over a ton, and he didn't get to the line as much as he usually does. And like, he just seemed like a little bit not right. And that's because you know throwing Covington and TJ at him is is two different but tough defenders. And uh, Simmons switched onto him, I think, once or twice and, and looked good. So I, I will say also, I know we're all over the place, but like more than anything. Uh, with Simmons's game, I'm impressed by his defense so far. Well, especially as a rookie, just in general, not even him specifically, but rookies usually aren't good at defense, especially perimeter guys. And he he is more engaged than I expected he'd be. Absolutely, he was he was very. I mean, we know the whole story about him at LSU, but he was very unengaged at LSU, and uh, and he can switch onto a lot of guys on defense, and he looks he looks good. Yeah, I'm impressed. Uh, Covington um, was great. I thought, you know, except for that that one shot was pretty terrible. But defensively, he was really good. Um, yeah, I'll take honestly. I think he was four or twelve from three. I'll take four. I'll, I'll, I'll take more, it. Felt better than that. Yeah, and I'll take them. I like. I know that's only thirty three percent, and it's a lot of threes. But I don't care really. I that's what he does. He shoots threes. If if he, they're open, he's going to have as many games when he shoots seven of eleven. So I don't. I don't they, need him. They get into him. this rhythm. Yeah, they get into this rhythm where. Like, so obviously, um, I'm an analytics type person. I want to get, you know, 
threes and shots at the rim and get to the line. Um, Rio Grande Valley, Rio Grande Valley Covington is one of my favorite players. Uh, but they get into this rhythm sometimes where they're not, they're sort of only looking for like shooters coming off screens. Yeah. Outside. And like, they're not even, you know, turning towards the basket to see if they can get anything in, in a rhythm. It's only like, just like sort of passing laterally to try to find like a shooter. And like Covington's happy to take those shots and he's usually covered taking them and he, you know, he'll make them sometimes, but like, it just doesn't seem like that should be the focal point of the offense consistently. They get into these rhythms maybe in like, you know, three, four minutes stints where that's all they're doing. Well, because they don't have, I, I still don't think they have a natural half court initiator. I think that's the and problem. And honestly, yeah. it's Marco Voltz. Like, yeah, it is yeah. Marco Voltz. If Marco Voltz is playing like he's always played in his life, then a lot of the issues, I know he's a rookie, but like a lot of the issues that the Sixers have in scoring in the half court and doing things and like opening the court up uh, for other things, like, would be solved. And uh, we'll get there. We'll let's keep talking. We should actually talk about the. Uh, the Detroit game because we haven't had a podcast since then and they won and that was great and they played well and I'm happy. So yeah, I don't know what else to say about it, but do you know, honestly what stuck out to me most about the Detroit game is that, um, what's his name on the Pistons? Um, guy that used to be in Orlando, uh, Tobias Harris, Tobias Harris thinks he's Carmelo Anthony. And like they've yeah. like their plan this year is unleash Tobias Harris. That's going to work <laughs> out really, imagine, really imagine, well. Like obviously we're one and four and that's, you know, it, it'll, <laughs> It's not it's not excellent right now, but like imagine if our plan this year was unleashed Tobias Harris. Yeah, right. That's like, that's what we got. Honestly, you know how sometimes Eagles fans would say, "I don't care if we're two and fourteen as long as the two are against the Cowboys." Like, <laughs> I don't care if we go like three and seventy nine as long as the three are against Stan Van Gundy. I mean, I'm, oh, and I was I didn't have time to do the math on it, but I legitimately think they've beaten Stan Van Gundy five times. I don't think they've be- in the process era. I don't think they've beaten another coach more than they've beaten Stan Van Gundy. Which they is- might not have five wins total in the- I- right. <laughs> against anyone else. Against anybody. Yeah. Uh, Simmons' offense. He struggled. You know, he does. He's going to do a lot of things that he that he does, and then he's going to sort of, you know, miss. And uh, he he took a couple jumpers in rhythm. They didn't go in, but I'm glad he took them. Wish you um, would. The th- the three he took. Was a full court heave, so I think they should like not even count that. Which he did with his and, right hand, by the way, as someone pointed out on Twitter. Oh, the full court heave. You're right. Yes, it was with his right hand. He's definitely. I tagged KOC, who who uh, who liked that tweet immediately. I mean, he's right. He definitely shoots with the wrong hand. So uh, he uh, the the only thing, the only criticism I have right now is that I wish he would try to finish through contact a little bit more yes. of the rim and Definitely. you know he's you're gonna make you're gonna miss more of those eight foot hook shots than you, you're gonna make and uh i think he has an opportunity to do it athletically at you know that's a, a young guy thing when they come into the league I, I remember drew not wanting to contact even Derek rose i remember being like that when he started um yeah. but he has such a physical advantage um and would get fouled so often if he takes it to the rim, like he's coming with such a head of steam, you know, it's, um, so I don't know. He simply like has to do it. It yeah, is something yeah. that he has to, there's no excuse for Ben Simmons to get two foul shots. Did you see the other game. way? Speaking of Ben Simmons, that LeBron got announced as point guard the other night. Oh my God. He did. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 That's incredible. 
it's, love it. It's a thing. So no, even a, even though like even though, look, Ben Simmons is currently a very good NBA player, and he had, and he doesn't have a jump shot. He has a little bit of a little bit of one, maybe at like ten to twelve, but he doesn't have any sort of catch and shoot anything. No, and by the way, uh, to warn people, he's not going to have a jump shot all year. I mean, this is the, at least until you know this is the Ben Simmons. We're gonna, he might get more comfortable taking them, but he's not going to be good at shooting until at least you know best case scenario next year. But go ahead. So even though he's good right now, and he, like people are like he doesn't need a jump shot, like he does. First of all, for his own game to be better. Currently, he needs a jump shot for the rest of the team because when Embiid's in the post trying to do his thing, people will just double off Simmons and they will collapse the defense and they can recover on him because they're not worried about him beating them on the with a jumper. So even though like there was a play last night where P.J. Tucker was guarding uh, Simmons and he just collapsed on Embiid hard and Embiid took too long to realize it and Tucker had no qualms about doing it because Simmons wasn't going to beat him with a shot. And so that, even though that's not like that doesn't affect Simmons's box score, it affects the team. Like he needs to have a jump shot. Yeah, and that's not a take. That is a fact. It's uh, I'm not like he's just got it. He's got it. It's, it's it's crazy. I mean, it is your. This is usually your terrain. So allow me to dip my feet in. But like the Sixers have drafted two consecutive number one overall picks that are let's call them point guards. Neither of them can shoot currently. Yep, their seven foot two center who just who picked who started playing basketball when he was sixteen is an incredible shooter. What a weird world we live in. It's as Sixers as it could be, right? I mean, all of this stuff, and we'll get to the faults thing in a minute, but it's all as Sixers as it could be. the The one last thing I wanted to get to before we get to the fault stuff is um, Dario is like a man without a place right now. It's really sad. It's sad it, to watch. Yeah, it's a bummer. I, I don't think it means anything about him. I don't think it, like, you know, I, I, I don't think we misjudged who he is. I think we know exactly who he is, and I just I don't think he fits right now, but I, I wouldn't overreact to it. I just sort of feel bad for him. Yeah, I think it's, um, he doesn't have a role right now. It's like, uh, I think he's got to play a lot less with Simmons so he can start, like, you know, if it's him and when Simmons is, I think Simmons and Dario right now should not play together. Yeah, and I, and he's not a five. Not, like he can't play the five. He's not a no. five. Yeah, and he's not a good enough shooter to just be like, you know, he's not Ryan Anderson. If he was Ryan Anderson, you can play with Simmons and just have him like catch and shoot threes. But like that's not that's not Dario's strength. He can exploit it if it's if it's in rhythm, but you don't want him doing that as like that's his primary role. I I would absolutely just like. Whenever Simmons is out, Dario's in, I, and I wouldn't play them together until they can feel more comfortable, like uh, playing off each other. Speaking of Ryan Anderson, one of my favorite things about the Rockets is their ability to shoot three pointers from thirty feet away, like they're not thirty feet away. Ryan Anderson yeah. and Eric Gordon can shoot from anywhere. It's it's unbelievable that they, they are. That team is crazy. Um, yeah, I, you know, I don't so. think I don't think they're a you know a postseason threat or anything. But man, they I, shoot from I, far away. I definitely do. Once Chris once Chris Paul is healthy, I absolutely do. I'm curious to see what that's like. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Eric, Eric Gordon. There were a couple annoying foul calls that Eric Gordon got that I am mad about. Like, there's no way Eric Gordon deserved to go to the line twelve times. There's just no way. That was those were there were some bad calls in there. And uh, I mean, the, it's a one point game. He had a big shot. A very contested shot. Embiid and Covington were right there. Yeah, Harden like sort of shoved Embiid, but like he still got a hand up. It's a, it's a tough shot. Like if he misses that shot, we feel great. We won two in a row. We beat the Rockets. Like 
it's I think that's that's the crux of why I'm not like it having not watched the game live why I'm not like super frustrated about being like oh everything because like if they miss then they win like th- everything when it's a close game like all you can do is like <laughs> leave it up to the basketball gods and uh, any number of things could have swung that by a point and we win and it's good so well, I think they're you know they'll they'll win those they'll start to win those games more often than not they're just like you know a young team with a rookie point guard and you know they're they're it's gonna take some time. I, I always that. I always say if you know if Vince Carter's jumper had been two inches, uh, oh my god, one way. You know, like how and I think it was, I thought it was interesting. Uh, did you listen? That was, to, a, that was a one, right? The O one, yeah. Uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Did if you had listened to? Did you listen to Ben Falk on with uh, Zach Lowe? I did. So the thing that he said just to this, and we don't have to go in deep on that because I want to talk about faults. But he was like he was talking about that they were talking about. Okafer, and he was talking about that game against the Celtics, and he's like, we were winning, Jay Crowder hit a big three in the last minute. He goes, what if Jay Crowder doesn't hit that three, and we win that game? Like, what, like the butterfly effect of what happens over the next year. You know, Okafer doesn't get in that fight. Um, We probably never find out about the speeding ticket. Like, people don't think that it's out of control here. Maybe the league, maybe they get through that season somehow. They get a win a lot earlier. And maybe Sam Hickey's still here. You know, I, I don't, it's, it's and crazy how one little thing can make that big a difference. It's crazy, but then maybe the picks didn't, wouldn't swap. Right, which is the ultimate goal of all of this, was the pick swapping. Yes. Right? This is the whole, the whole thing was to have About the, pick the pick swap, swap, and they did. Yep. And well, I honestly don't care if the Sixers win a championship. I just, that is I mean, that was my championship. That was the goal of the, people ask about what the, what, how you know the process has succeeded. The pick swap, that, 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 that was it. Yeah. That's right. Before we get uh, to, oh. wait, what? Justin Anderson, how yep. are you feeling about him? Uh, mixed, noncommittal. Yeah, I, I had turned the corner on him anyway. I'm fine with him just in general. He hit two threes, but they were two threes. So I don't know. I'd rather see him out there. It looks like he got Lawawu's minutes last night, actually, because uh, Lawawu yeah, didn't I, get off I, the bench. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't. I'm, I, I didn't mind sitting Lawawu for a little bit. Lawawu's had one good game and three very bad ones. Yeah. Um, I'd rather see Anderson Lawawu currently. Yeah, so, I could yeah. see that. Um, especially, especially when they're missing Rashawn and they need and Embiid's, you know. Uh, can can have a tendency to get in foul trouble like he did in the first quarter last night. Help put, put um, Anderson at five. <laughs> I mean, I like, think you, I think you could have some combination of, right. of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I would I would sit Dario for I would sit Dario for a game or two. I would they just they just sent Corkmas down to Delaware, so he's going to play there. But I would uh, I would I would give Dario a couple days off because he had a whole all the Croatia playing. He needs he needs he needs a little. I think he needs to clear his head a little bit too. Yeah, we should we should have a whole other team of Sixers clearing their head somewhere. That's uh, right. Yeah, that's Delaware. Go yeah. to Delaware, everybody. Uh, one one last thing because Detroit the, the Detroit game was great. Yeah. Ben Simmons had a triple double and he played incredibly well and beat at thirty and nine. Like that was like that's this is the thing. Like every, almost Covington played really well also, but like Embiid and Simmons being like dominant. And playing off each other, there were a couple moments in last night's game when they played off each other really nicely, and it's not going to be perfect all the time. But those little things, I want, I want to see, I really want to see, like the way Harden uses Capella, um, and just like is such a weapon because Simmons has that little floater. So the the way 
that hard news capella for either like just to draw the defender back or yep. open up something and just makes the right decision almost every time. Like I want to see Embiid and Simmons be doing that together, and they're they're starting to a little bit, but uh, I that's something to be really excited about. And uh, you know, like who cares about the record right now? They're gonna. I I still am very very confident that they make the playoffs. Um, but like Embiid is healthy, Simmons looks better faster than we thought he would, and especially on defense. Um, things are things are. I mean, that's those are the things. Fultz is very concerning. We should guys talk about that now. But uh, those those are the, the of the of the three pillars of what what actually matters. Like Embiid's health is uh, numbers one through forty of what's most important, and uh, so far so good. By the way, Capella's really good. The guy's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Before we get to Fultz. Let's talk about our longest time sponsor, the original sponsor of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Mike, did you know we're up to 58 engagement rings sold to Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners so far? 58. I do. He emails us. And it's, you know, it's the time of the year. You know, you get people proposing around the holidays. It's a great time to go in there. Uh, two quick notes to celebrate two years of LL being a sponsor of the Ricky $100 off any purchase of $500 or more. Go to rightsrickysanchez.com for the coupon. It is only during October, so get your holiday shopping out of the way. Speaking of holidays, holiday party is coming. We'll give you info on that next week. And then there is the Bust the Process 3 special, which is just an unreal deal for an unreal experience. Mike, you, you want to get engaged. You want to get the ring from Lee. Here's the deal. If you agree... You're a big Sixers fan. You listen to the Ricky, obviously. If you agree mm -hmm. to get engaged on Bust the Process 3 and buy a ring for $4,000 or more, LL will buy you and your fiancé the trip to Bust the Process 3, a value of about $1,200. So you'll go to Chicago and Milwaukee. You'll get engaged on the trip, which is – Have we heard Have we heard anything about that yet? Uh, he said he had some bites, but that's it. So okay. I don't know of anyone yet. I would it's not like a, is it a contest situation? No. Like a pick the no as okay. many people as many people do it get it. So wow. yeah. So um, look, if you want it to be private, it can be private. If you want it to be in front of everyone on the trip, it can be in front of everyone. That's up to you. Lee is going to make the entire thing special. You're going to get a great experience, a great ring, and a free ship trip to Chicago and Milwaukee. If you don't want that, if you just want to get a ring, LL is the uh, he's the guy to go to. Mike, wouldn't you agree? I mean, he's a, a special human being who uh, who now I love that we have sponsors. LL being the original one that tweet during all during Sixers games. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would love to know what the, the rest of their clientele thinks of it, but that doesn't matter because we're the only clientele that matters. Um, if you're going to buy an engagement ring, LL is the only person. Or if you need a holiday gift, go over there too. But if you want an engagement, up. yep. If you need an engagement ring, LL is the only person to to talk to. Make an appointment with him so he can uh, he can get everything ready for you. Two one five six two seven two two five two. Email at llpavorsky dot com or on Twitter at llpavorsky. For every podcast, Lee makes a generous donation to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence and Justice Rescue. LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Have a little fluid drain from your wallet and then back into your finger. <laughs> so, all right. So, Markel Fultz. That was, a, that was a good segue. It was a great segue. I don't even know what to say. 
I, I like. Do you want to go first, or I, I? I have so many things on this. I don't even know what to, to say anymore. I sort of. You weren't there for the first fifteen minutes of Rights to Ricky Radio, where I sort of lost my mind last night. So you can you can start this one if you want. Yeah, I mean, hmm. I keep like on Twitter, sort of being like, this this is going to end. It'll be fine because it will. If he comes back in three games, now two games, and starts just shooting like he did in college, which is not much to ask for, then we laugh about it. It's over. It goes down in process history, like right next to Andrew Bynum's flamenco dancing as one of the weirder things that we've had to endure. But it is crazy all of it and from <laughs> from everybody Colangelo Brett Brown Markel's AAU trainer the his agent who how is this happening how is this who is he's the number one pick how does it now everybody's lying about it oh my god it's really, um, it's really uh, something else to be a Sixers fan these last five years. Um, this is like the icing on the cake, man. It's the cherry on top. It's the weirdest one out of all of them. Uh, and you're right; everyone's lying. I don't, I, you know, everyone asks, "Well, is it a shoulder? Is it not a shoulder? Is it? Is it?" The only it didn't start out as the shoulder. That it, is a fact. His shoulder might now hurt because well, but, people are talking about it a but lot. That's not, but what, that's not what his trainer said. But his trainer yeah. said – His trainer's lying. Everybody's lying. <laughs> Everybody's lying. Yeah, I – Everybody's lying. My, my biggest problem with the lying is Brian Colangelo was supposed to do three things. We're going to – I was like, please let us just bring it back to the thing we're good at. Like yeah. the, the fault stuff is concerning and like we, yeah. we hedge and sort of – but like – Let's bring it back to Colangelo Hinky. We are ready to go. Yeah. He was supposed to do three things. Have a good relationship with players. Have Bang. a good, good relationship with agents. Yes. Be transparent with fans so they know what's going on. That is what he said he was going to do. That's what he said. That, that, that was the wrap. So in the last 48 hours, we've had an agent so pissed off that he went to Woj to tell him about the players um, – uh, injury problem that the team would not address. We had a player um, in the last two weeks, Embiid calling his minutes restrictions bullshit, and faults ostensibly by retweeting, um, you know, uh, the Woj report, like sort of, I, I guess, um, defying management a little bit, obviously unhappy. And we have a city full of fans who feel lied to, again and again and again and like what i can't figure out is let's say his shoulder's not hurt let's say just for shits and giggles he obviously wants people to think his shoulder is hurt for one reason or another as does his agent as does his trainer because of how his rookie season is going what advantage is there to coming out publicly and saying there's nothing wrong with him. Maybe him changing his shot hurt his shoulder. Um, 
smugly and condescendingly saying, well, he hurt his ankle in summer league. Your ankle doesn't affect your shot, does it? Uh, bringing up getting his own knee drained, Brian Colangelo did. Like, Wait, I didn't hear that. Oh, yeah. He said – somebody asked why – Marcus Hayes, of all people, asked – he said, why didn't you tell everyone that he got a cortisone shot? And he's like, we said his shoulder was sore. We don't say everything that we do to people to make them better, which is fair. But then he goes, even take me. I got my knee drained last week. That's why I was walking around pretty funny. I didn't tell you guys that either. It's like, well, f- fucko, you you don't play basketball. Like that. <laughs> That's why it's it's not. I think he was upset that nobody asked him why he was walking funny. I just, it just is another issue that was handled so poorly. And I'm not, you know, people want to jump on them if the kid's injured. Why are you running them out there? I think there's plenty of blame to go around there, not just them, but you know, everybody. You know, from um, if because even his trainer, if his trainer saw, let's say that the shoulder caused the bad shooting, if he knew that, why did he allow him to continue to shoot? Right? Like, there's there's a lot of like questions going around about that. But so yeah. I'm 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 coming to a a broad Colangelo thing. Okay, I'm realizing it as as I'm thinking about all the times that Colangelo has lied in his short time here. So what happens is he lies immediately. Whether it's the Embiid injury, the meniscus, or all of the, um, or uh, lies or just messes up immediately. Embiid injury, meniscus, uh, Okafor trade talk, Okafor Nerland stuff, uh, and then this Markel thing, he mishandles it off the bat. And then everybody calls out, hey, that was a very obvious thing that you are clearly either messed up or are just lying about. And then and eventually he'll be like, okay, fine, here's here's the truth. And then says, well, we never lied. And it's like, you did. You changed your opinion. Things changed now. And it's, it's a very, the whole... It's just, it's just such an... I'm like losing my mind thinking about all the times it's happened. And then... And then Anytime he's like, we would never be not transparent with our fans. Why would we ever? It's this whole thing has been transparent. Yeah, as, and, as he's being untransparent. Yeah, or like it's not like, or he'll finally come out and say like, oh, here's the right thing. But it's like, well, yeah, so you lied before, but he'll be like, no, I was transparent. But you, but you're changing the thing you said now is different than the thing you said then. And he'll just then he'll just talk for long enough to where like you know Marcus Hayes' eyes will glaze over and then we move on. It's ridiculous. Like obviously he hasn't been dealt like on the one hand he's been dealt a very good hand like the Sixers when he took over were loaded, but there's also been a bunch of weird shit that's happened and he's had to handle it. And just from a publicity, from a communicating with the media and the fan standpoint, he's done a horrible job. And that's the thing is that's what he was brought in here to do because everyone was apparently so pissed off about Sam Hinkie and how he communicated with people that we had to bring in fucking uh, PR major to smooth things over. Meanwhile, again, none of the fans who actually fucking paid attention gave a shit about Hinky talking to the media. None of them. That was just the beat writers who were upset that they didn't have report have, have quotes to go on and write their stories, or national pundits who, like fucking Skip Bayless or Charles Barkley or whoever, just saying dumb shit because they don't know anything. Like, again, when you say you feel sorry for the fans, fuck you. You don't know us. Like, we were good. 
They brought in this other guy, and he's worse. Yeah, I don't even know what to say anymore. I don't even. I, I hope the kid gets better. I don't know how it, it got to this point. Um, I hope they. I'm glad they took our advice three weeks after we said um, that they should sit him down one way or another and figure it yep. out. I'm glad that they've they've decided to do it at this point. I, I don't even know what to say. We, they finally did what we said. Stop trashing him publicly. It doesn't do any good. Even if even if you think he's lying, even if you think his trainer's lying, um, you know. I, I, I'm convinced that there's nothing serious wrong with his shoulder. Like that's, I'm convinced of that. Whether um, I'm convinced, there's that, been no evidence on the court of him favoring a shoulder. Zero. No, no. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I don't think he's chronically injured. I don't think that's something to worry about. I think he's, whatever it is, there's something going on in his head that uh, he needs to figure out. Um, I don't doubt that his shoulder hurts. I don't think it's the genesis of this, and I just want him to get it figured out. So he's going through a tough time. Like he's yeah. probably got a million voices like talking to him and shit. He's he's got to delete Twitter. He's got to just like go into a gym by himself and just like put some shots up and get get go back to feeling comfortable. It's, I, agree uh, I, I I don't know what else to say. It's so weird. It's just the weirdest. It's so strange. And it's, it's weird for everybody. The Sixers yeah. think it's very weird also. Everybody is just like, no one knows how to handle this. Everyone's trying to cover their own ass and protect themselves. But all that has to happen is he goes back to the person that he was for his whole life after like a week or so off. That's, I, I don't, I have no idea. Anyway, can we, can I have one, one pivot? to something happier happier times yeah and then uh then i gotta i gotta wrap up i am blocked on twitter by isaiah cannon <laughs> and, I, and i would say that i don't know what did it but i have an idea well do you think maybe it was your constant criticism of him on twitter or do you think that could have that could have contributed to it right that is fantastic that is the greatest uh it was good to see him last night. I really he does seem like a good guy. He was do you yeah. remember do you remember when he complained about his plus minus when he found out how bad it was in that one game? He not complained, he apologized on yes. Twitter. He found out how bad his plus minus was and he apologized for it. I thought that was very uh it was really touching, I thought. So um that is great. I love that <laughs> you. Little Sip blocked you. It's the greatest. Little Sip. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to remind people, we haven't talked about it a lot lately, but Bust the Process 3 is our trip to Milwaukee. It is at the beginning of March. It is on. You can reserve your spot now. It looks like we're going to have probably at the end of this close to 500 people. We're Embiid gonna, is promoting it. Yeah, Embiid said Bust the Process. So um, we're going to avenge his loss of Rookie of the Year to Brogdon. But we don't want to stay in Milwaukee, so we're going to stay in Chicago. So the beginning of March, we will fly to Chicago on a Friday nonstop. Uh, we will take a bus to Milwaukee on Sunday to see the game, the Sunday night game, the ESPN game, and then we'll come home. And then we will leave Chicago on Monday. The entire trip, it, it, you, get, um, you, get the ticket, you get the flight, 
you get the hotel, you get the game ticket, you get a buffet before the game, a barbecue buffet. We're going to do – you get breakfast every morning at the hotel. Um, we're going to have happy hours. We're going to have a watching party on Friday night for Sixers Hornets. It's a great time. You have to put $150 down for the deposit, and then the rest of the price depends on how many people you want in your hotel room. But if you if you tried to price this out, there's no way you could do it yourself. It's going to be an awesome time. We're going to boo the shit out of Brogdon. It's going to be legendary. Um, so uh, just go to com. Reserve your spot. I don't want them to – we're going to eventually run out of spots. So um, – so I would reserve yours now if you're interested. And that's about it. Um, what are you going to be for Halloween? Uh, you know, my wife and I haven't sussed it out, but I would like to be Clarence in Alabama from uh, True Romance. I've been asking for that for years, and I think I finally mm. have it. There's a thing out in L.A. that I wanted to go to this year, but it's the weekend of her birthday, and we can't go, called True Romance Fest. They have it at the yep. hotel. That mm-hmm. was, um, And uh, it's the weekend of her birthday, so we can't go. So I think she felt bad, my wife. So I think because of that, I'm going to get her to be Alabama Whirly. So, um, and you? Uh, my friends listen to this podcast, and it's a surprise for them, so I'm not saying it. But okay. I, uh, I encourage people in the Philadelphia area around people who would get it to be Brian Colangelo for <laughs> you just Please need- do it, and please send us your Brian Colangelo pictures. Oh, my God, that would be incredible. Oh, what a great idea. Yes, I would love that. Um, all right. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Um, are you done with TTP? Has he played in one game? Yes, he has. He's played in one game. I need some Stauskas minutes. Toronto I'm going to say it. I need some Stauskas minutes. Yeah, you're the only one, I think. You're the only guy. I want Stauskas to play over Dario for a few games. Give Dario a rest. Get Stauskas in there. He's happy on the bench. The bench is happy. It's a happy bench. I'll say. Do you see uh, Okafor had his arm around Markel for a while? I did. Night? I did. It was touching. Are you yeah. starting a new podcast? Yeah. <laughs> We're going back to the beginning, right? All right. Goodbye. more than I can handle Seven nights of love and dirty laundry on your floor oh, Baby, I can see this whole thing heading into trouble I'm out the door